0: Now, Kevin, I have to ask, have you ever thought about getting a pet rat?
1: <laughs> After, I don't know, maybe eight years walking with, with rats, no. <laughs> I think I've done my part my on that. So no, no, uh, I won't have any rats at all.
0: <laughs> Did you ever study rats firsthand for the game? Yeah, yeah,
1: sure. We've done a lot of research, researches on their behavior, the way they move, obviously, um, the way they react to things. Um, f- try to find references for um, flocking of rats, things, things like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, we've done tons of research for that. <laughs>
0: Welcome to One to One, an interview series where I speak to people from around the world of games and hear their stories. I'm Bertie, a journalist at Eurogamer, and today on One to One we're talking rats. Thousands and thousands of rats. More specifically, and this is a little bit different for One to One, we're charting the making of a series of games, two games, one of which came out this year and is one of my games of the year, A Plague Tale Requiem. This then is the story of A Plague Tale, told by series director Kevin Chateau. Kevin, welcome to the show. It's a delight to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Now, you've been with Asobo for 11 years now, I think. Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's right. That's a long time. So this all fascinates me because Asobo was quite a different studio when you joined in terms of the games it was making it was making connect games i think for microsoft as well as recall for microsoft i think helping i don't know if anyone listening will remember that but it wasn't necessarily doing anything stand out in its own right this was way before microsoft flight simulator and of course um, a long time before a plague tale is my generalization of the studio fair
1: yeah yeah um I think Acebo was well known for doing um, quality of adaptation. You know, they were doing uh, quite right some pixel games and things like that. So it was a proof of uh, efficiency and and uh, um, uh, professionalism, I would say. Uh, but they, they, when I joined them, the um, the three uh, feel like. Three or four years before I joined them, so I knew that they also had their um, um they wanted to to express something too. So it was I know that it was somewhere behind and just they were just waiting for the right opportunity to express again what they what they wanted to to show to the to the public.
0: Yeah, so. The studio was up and running. They had proven that they could make games and you joined them. And in 2015, and maybe it doesn't start here, but where does this idea for a plague tale come from? What is the very beginning of the story? It, it starts from,
1: um, it's weird because there is there, no obvious relation between between those two things, but it starts from uh, HoloLens. Uh, when okay. we worked on the, uh, those um, augmented reality glasses for Microsoft, we've done a, a game that nobody knows and nobody will ever play. Uh, <laughs> it, it's called uh, Fragments. It's an investigation game where you are a detective using the power of your mind to... Um, um, to investigate on people there for um, tragic event. And it was our first take on uh, writing a story, writing something <sighs> uh, totally originally, uh, an original story. And uh, we loved that. Uh, you know, we loved... Uh, we were able to say something, to, to say something that... Uh, um, Resonate for the team, and we love that it was a freeing experience. So um, after that, we were um, uh, we've started to help on the record, but this thing was uh, still in in our mind, waiting to um, to 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 waiting again to be expressed. And um, uh, so we we talked we talked like for um, I don't know more than a year about the thing. We wanted to do, uh, if we if we had the chance to do our own game, what it would be. Okay. And it was around or well, after after the release of uh, Last of Us, and it had a huge impact on the, on the team. Uh, you know, it was a, it was something because um, uh, a lot of of person in uh, in Asobo are quite old for the video game industry. They are more than thirty years. Uh, and a lot of them have child, and um, for the first time for a, a big game, uh, they were able to expose a story where not everything is white or black, it's a, a mix of grey or a mix of art topic, and they were able to talk about that. They were able to, to do a game that was a bit more mature than what we've seen in the past in, in a tr- AAA industry, I would say. Uh, and uh, it, yeah, we we talk about this game for yeah months and months and months, and, <laughs> and it was obvious for us that we loved uh, to write our own story in on fragments. We loved this game like, and we were talking about it uh, all about their choices, about their level design, their gameplay design, everything every day. Uh, so it was obvious for us that it was we wanted to to do that. We wanted to do. Uh, this kind of game, this kind of experience that you can share on your couch with someone you can speak about uh, when uh, you come back at the office the next day. And yeah, it, yeah, it, it was the basic uh, uh, starting point of uh, apect yeah.
0: So the studio, people in the studio play The Last of Us and they like that story of um, you know, a man looking after a kind of younger girl who in the end doesn't need much looking after, but, um, going through a a post-apocalyptic kind of environment, a harsh, brutal environment. How does the, what kind of ideas are you talking about making this game? What kind of ideas have you got in your head at this point? Because is the idea of a girl looking after a boy, is that one of the first ideas or does that come later? Um,
1: I think it, yeah, those characters were the starting point. Uh, we knew that we wanted to have a child because we loved uh, the point of view of a child on the world. Again, it's based on our experience. You know, uh, child are sometimes super naive when they observe things, but they always speak true. Uh, they always. Uh, um, reveal something about the world that is true and um, as an adult we cannot see anymore. So we wanted that. It was um, a, um, a driving uh, pile, a pillar for the for the story. And then we were uh, also... Um, uh, we loved uh, Brothers, A uh, Tale of Two Sons. Uh, ah. Even, um, uh, of course, eco uh, Those games were... Uh, it's it's an opposite because um, in those games they are not talking at all. You know, the story is just conveyed by the world, the environment, and uh, some noise in the in the case of Brothers. But that's all. And still, the um, the story was quite uh, moving. And uh, um, and yeah, it was also taking care of someone um, uh, that is more vener- vulnerable than you so yeah it it, it was yeah it was there from the beginning
0: so how much of the rest of the idea do you have from the beginning so you have this idea of a of a girl looking after a boy how much of the rest of the idea is there and and when does it start to sort of how does it start to come together as a as a whole
1: when we 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 started to to work on this story, uh, we, we we knew that we we had to have um, uh, um, a super hard environment, a super hard setting, a super brutal, super uh, something that would make them bright uh, inside this super dark world. You know, uh, to have this uh, childish reaction to the world, it needs to be ugly, so it will. Uh, Emphasize the contrast of those reactions. Uh, So we started to do some researches researches about historical period, historical facts. And since we were quite new in this genre, uh, we were also uh, frightened by the fact that we had to create a world, a universe, Mm -hmm. and to explain that, and it was taking us away from our uh, focused that was our character. You know, we wanted to tell, to speak about our character, not speak about the world. Um, so this is why we've decided uh, very quick, well, very quickly to to work on um, our region, our in France, to speak about something that we know and we don't have to create. We don't have to expose to the player and anything that are the rule of this world. Um, you know. It's. Um, it was part of our authenticity uh, to speak about uh, France and what we know, and make it as grounded as possible. Mm. To again, not go into fantasy where the rule will change, everything will change, and then the relationship of our character will be impacted by the fact that everything is fantasy. Um, so. We look back in storybook and we found out the Black Plague era. That was,
0: <laughs> I think, the most brutal thing we found out. Uh, it's super, super cruel from us. Which but... which other eras were you looking at? Were you looking at any? You know, there, there's many. <laughs> Sadly, the, the
1: human history is full of uh, <laughs> horrible uh, period and fact and things and, and there was many periods, of course, the uh, uh, um, uh, French Revolution was something quite hard also, and they were uh, exposed to things. But um, in terms of culture, beliefs, um, it was uh, too late for us. Uh, what we yeah. loved about the 14th century, it's uh, when the black plague arrived, uh, people uh, didn't know anything about it. and. Uh, uh, um, there's a lot of belief uh, local story about what they were thinking was happening and and it creates um, tons of, and tons of a small fact uh, that we can use for the game so it was um too very already very full of, of of things to to explore to expose to the player. so it it arrived quite fast and it was not um, super uh, common in uh, video games um, and even in books or movies
0: it's not super
1: there's <laughs> not that much story about this era so it was quite good for us
0: it's not really a storybook setting i suppose um, so i suppose once you in your heads you go ah black plague and you start to kind of zero in on this setting you start to think, hang on, we've got an opportunity here with the rats. Was this where the rat idea kind of came from, to have them um, swarming out, and how did that kind of change the shape of the game, I suppose? You might notice Kevin has changed room. We had a problem with the recording, so you're now seeing more of the Asobo office. This is one of the new floors that Kevin was telling me above. So, let's jump back in so we were talking about you just found the setting the black plague and then of course you're presented with the opportunity of rats and and this is at the point they came into the idea is that right
1: yeah when, when we look back in the, in the and we wanted to sorry when we we, we we wanted to expose the black plague we knew that we we would have to show the virus, the disease in some way, uh, but with this authentic feeling, it was super hard to do. Uh, so we, we started with uh, super fantastic things like miasma um, and floating things that you can shoot and destroy
0: and it was uh, a super bad idea. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so you had, how were you shooting them? Did you have like a, a, a bow or a crossbow or
1: how? Uh, the sling was there since the beginning, I don't know why, actually, uh, it was like, yeah, let's do the sling. It's something that is not super common and nobody used, so let's do that. So the sling was already there. We knew that we wanted to show some kind of alchemy or, or things like that, but it, because it was part of the medieval fan, fantasy idea that we, we had. And uh, well, yeah, we, we started with those miasma, and they have some wood points that you had to shoot with some fire. Uh, ah. the, the fire was already there. To I don't know why it was like those game design ideas that seems super <laughs> evident and super <laughs> obvious when you you are thinking about it, and then you try it and you're like no, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, we are destroying everything. You know the uh, suddenly and the, the um medieval, fantastic thing that I was talking about uh, was there, and it was not authentic uh, anymore. And we were uh, damaging our our, our, our idea of grand medieval. Um, And um, uh, David, our uh, creative director and one of the uh, boss of the studio, uh, came with the rats and said, you know, the most common thing about the Black Plague is the rats. Hmm. Everyone know that. Uh, or everyone think that the rat were um, uh, the origin of the uh, the disease and the spreading of the disease. So it's something that we should use. It's something that is uh, super official, super um, well known from every everyone. So we we have to use that in some way. Um, And it was a good idea in terms of fantasy, in terms of universe, because suddenly it was something super grounded, super well known from everyone. But um, it it means that uh, to have something that spread out in the the levels, in the environment, it needs to be a swarm, it needs to Mm. be huge and uh, super hard technically. Um, uh, we've got some insults from the dev team, uh, and then we started <laughs> to work on that. <laughs> and it was brilliant. Uh, suddenly, we had a, a, a universe, an IP, something that uh, stands out uh, from everything else, everything that we knew. And um, and so we, we started to think about game design idea and what we can explore in terms of uh, gameplay. And um, we, 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 we thought about these uh, funny things for, for us that was uh, when you are doing a stealth game, so you try to survive in enemies that are stronger than you, uh, you hide, you hide in, in the dark. Um, and we decided to put the rats in the dark to counter that, so the best way to hide from uh, all the others is to be in the dark, but it's the, it's where the rats are, so suddenly we had something um, that was working. We you have the enemies uh, that carry light, and you have to avoid this light to not be uh, detected, but in the dark there's the rats that you must avoid too, so you need <laughs> to find the perfect balance between those two things, and so it, it was working, and everything was suddenly super obvious for us.
0: Did you have any names for the game back then? How, how soon did you come up with the name, A Plague Tale? Did that come quite quickly or did you have other names you were thinking of?
1: And um, the, the, the current name for the game was, uh, plague.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. As, as I've no, no, no fun story about that except <laughs> that, the, uh, it was plague and it stays there in the team. You know, we, everyone's called it plague and it's plague, plague, plague. And yeah. So it was there from the beginning.
0: <laughs> so did you also have publisher interest from the beginning? Because Asobo is a is a privately held studio, an independent studio, as far as I know. Yeah. yeah. So it's not owned by Focus Home or anything like that. Um, so at what point did you talk to Focus Home and, or, or maybe other publishers? And, and was that an easy discussion because it's your first time The studios first time making a game like this did you have to convince them how did that go
1: yeah sure Um, uh, you know uh, asobo is quite big even if we are still independent we are doing game that requires a lot of money huge budgets quite huge for us and it's small for the triple industry but we are doing double a and this kind of game you need to have some help from publisher you cannot do that from your own uh, with your own money, um, and uh, so yeah, when we had the pitch and a, a, a small demo, uh, we we've uh, we've seen a lot of publishers, uh, a lot of uh, platforms, to show them the the demo, the game, the concept, everything, explain to them the the background of Asobo, what we are well known for, what we've done in the past, or reliable we are in terms of um, on time, on budget and everything, on expected qualities, things like that. You have to expose that to the publisher to make them trust you. And then you show the game, you show the concept and you talk about it. And um, Focus uh, told us we love the concept like that. Uh, don't change anything. It's perfect. <laughs> do it. Uh, we are with you. And they were the only ones saying that. Uh, you know, sometimes we should ask you to change things or say, for this uh, market or this audience, you need, you, you need to remove that. You need to change that. You need to. But Focus for just told us uh, we trust you guys. Uh, uh, we love your concept. We want to go that far with you. Uh, let's go. Let's do it. So it was yeah again it was um, um, it was nice to have them because they they pushed us since seven or eight years to just do what we think is the best for the game and not what is the best for the market or for any bad or reason.
0: <laughs> That's lovely. So development. So you found a publisher. Development is underway. Um, I read that the the first game took four years to make, and that there was one year where there was just a small team, I I presume, doing pre-production, kind of fleshing out all of the different areas. What kind of problems was the pre-production team solving? Was this the team that was coming up with, you know, the name, the game ideas, or or was it further along than this?
1: No, it's the team that has built the demo. the, The issue we had doing that is we are only using people that were not doing uh, works on any other project, so it was quite uh-huh. uh, changing. Uh, you know, Sometimes I joined them for a week or two weeks or four months because I was uh, on hold on something else and uh, waiting for something else to start and um, I was doing things with them and then I moved on something else and it was the same for everyone. So. Um, it changed a lot, and it was hard to maintain a quite a vision or something that all together uh, during this first year. But um, they, 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 they they were able to do the demo that helped us uh, sold again to the publisher. So it was the first year, and then we we had a three years of uh, pre production and production um, to write the story because. Even if we had an idea of where we were going, uh, the, right, the story were, was not right uh, when, when this team, this small team, were, were working. So, yeah, this first year was quite rough. And, uh, and we, we think we were prepared. We were, uh, like, ready to go, uh, but not at all. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we learned that in the hard way. You know, we were quite naive because, again, it was our first game on, the, on this genre. And even if we had experiences, we, we knew nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you Did you come up against any significant challenges? Was there anything in the game say that you had to quite significantly change or maybe even remove so that you could get it finished?
1: Um, I think. Uh, yeah. I, I, I will. Would, would, I would, Speak about something that uh, I don't like to talk normally, but um, I think after two years of development, we were reaching our beta, and normally the, the dev was about two years for Innocence. And um, we've sent out the game to a consultant. It's something that do uh, in the video game industry. You send it to people to review your game or do a fake review with this, in this current state and see what what their reaction are, and the game was a mess. It was like uh, it was awful in terms of gameplay, of story, of everything. You know, nothing was holding together. Nothing was quite right. The game was super hard, super punishing, even more than what what you have in the final product. And it it was a huge punch in your face, saying that. Uh, you knew nothing, guys. <laughs> what have you started? <laughs> you cannot assume that. You don't know how to do those kind of games. You don't know what, to, what are the challenges. You don't know what, uh, what are expected from uh, the players. And, uh, um, uh, so we, we took our game back. As uh, uh, to focus, we need, um, I think it was nine months, uh, nine months uh, to, to do it. Um, uh, even if it was like ugly, uh, I think the expected, um, uh, uh, notation was between 55 and 60 metacritic. Like, wow. Well, yeah, you don't, you don't want to release that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we asked for nine more months to focus and they, they told they said, okay, yes, uh. We, we, we've said that we trust you, we continue to trust you to do something quite right, and there's something um, uh, nice hidden there, uh, and we will give you the time to look for it. Um, so uh, uh, the team was quite destroyed by the this fake review, and uh, um, with we took, we do, we've done. I think the the most dangerous thing that we could do. So we stopped everything. Uh, we stopped everything, uh, development, uh, polish, debug, everything, and um, we took a step a step back. Everyone took a step back. I asked everyone in the team to play the game fully and to think about what is good, what is not working. Um, and we've redone everything that we've pointed out. It was like a race against time, Uh, but uh, we've done it. And uh, it it was our first baby, and we we wanted to be proud of it. We wanted to show to the player, to everyone, uh, uh, who we were as as a creative team, and uh, failing was not really an option. And it was just for us because nobody was expecting the playtail, and it would, if, it's, if it has been a disaster, nobody would care actually except us. But <laughs> and maybe focus, of course, for <laughs> obvious reason. But um, we are, we were, uh, yeah. We wanted to show that we were able to do something creative from our, our own mind and not uh, paid by someone else. And uh, well, yeah, we do want to. We, so, we've ridden mostly everything. I would say, how, are how the rhetoric, how's, some chapters.
0: Yeah, how significant were the? You, you said you you redid some things. What, what kind? You don't have to go into kind of elaborate detail here. But what what kind of things are we talking about?
1: Um, like uh, everything. You know, we've we've started back. Uh, we've ridden the many chapters. Uh, or huge parts of chapters that were not working. Uh, mostly, uh, we've done huge works on every chapter. At least, I would say, one third of every chapter that has, has been changed. Is, it's the least we've done. But for some of them, like three or four, which is huge because we have 70 chapters, have been completely ridden because it was uh, a mess. Wow. Uh, we've re- rewritten every dialogue dialogues of the game. Uh, we've reworked the gameplay, we've added the um, um, selection wheel uh, because it was not that uh, uh, way of selecting uh, ammunition initially, and it was not working, obviously. Uh, we've added some features, some new ammunitions, and inject them into the flow. It's everything. <laughs> like, it was like we were in uh, in end of uh, maybe even before Alpha wow we've renamed our milestone and go back to uh pre-alpha and uh, restarted from there
0: wow quite significant then so yeah. you do all of this work everyone's pushing uh really hard and you start getting towards release Re- release is kind of is getting there how are you all feeling as the game is approaching release because like you said this is This is your baby. It means more to you than presumably a lot of the other work that the studio have done. This is a kind of proof that you can make these kind of games for the future. So what was happening as the first reviews were coming in? Where were you all? Were you in the office? What was your reaction to them? Take me kind of back to that moment. What was was it like? Um, So after this ride... (laughs) Uh,
1: we, we we were totally lost, actually. Even if we have ridden a lot of the, 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 a lot of work on many aspects of the game, uh, we didn't know if it was good enough because it was too late to review again everything, and it was just like that and release it and see what happened. And when we've seen this first preview, I think, uh, like a month, yeah, one or two months before the release, We were all in the same open space because the team was 40 people. So we we were able to be all together. And we've seen the preview, the first preview even before the review. And uh, we were like, like, oh, oh, maybe there's something that they like there. Oh, maybe it's working. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see, guys. (laughs) But. It seems that maybe the, the, the there's something resonating for for the journalist and maybe people will like it. So it was um, motivating for those uh, final polish months where you have to, to you can change everything basically you can you can do a, a better game in this part. it's super important to push your dev until the next next the last last. Uh, the last last day I would say it's so it was motivating for the team to see that maybe we've improved maybe it were it was worth it uh, and maybe we were we're gonna release something at least okay <laughs> <laughs> and um, so the when the the, the the review start running out uh, we were um, all together again uh, Around uh, many of us around my 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 uh, my computer, and we were like uh, st- it was stunning uh, uh, for us. you know uh, um, even it's, if it's not not the we don't have a 90, uh, 93 metacritic we are around eighty two and it, it was unexpected. Like the best score we've done with Astrobo, the best score. Uh, it was a starting point for us mm-hmm. like um, okay 92 is our uh, baseline it's already quite high and now we know that we can improve on that we can push it further and you can go to do more and yeah we were stunned uh, dazzled uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say i was and um, i didn't sleep at all uh, during that night just waiting for the next review of the next <laughs> And watching streamers playing the game, um, I know that uh, we uh, uh, we were uh, all together watching streamers and uh, sending sending message. When we, we, we go back home, everyone in this direction, uh, uh, we were still sending message and text and look at this guy, look at this one. He, he's saying that, just say that he loves that. You've he, seen you've seen that it was like child.
0: You know, yeah. <laughs> child on Christmas. <laughs> That's really lovely. Something I really like about both games, but I mean, something that struck me about the first game, and I think struck everyone, was just how gorgeous the games were. And also within that beauty was a kind of historical realism that I hadn't well, I'd seen in a few other games, maybe The Witcher, but you know, a few other games. And Particularly, it was this love of of France, you know, of recreating um, a Middle Ages or, or medieval, whatever the time, um, France, and all the dirt and you know the muddy streets and the muck on the characters and all of that kind of. Stuff. And then you know all of the disgusting stuff that comes with the rats. You know, they really felt disgusting and. I, I love the rats I think they're, they're an incredible character in, in the game I think um this historical accuracy and kind of recreating a, a medieval France how important was that as to you making the game
1: um it's critical you know um, it, the 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 it's it's part of the authenticity package that I was talking about Um the attention to detail, the intention of authenticity—not doing go for doing go, but make it because it's, uh, it makes sense. It makes it—it uh, it, it tells something uh, to the player, to the for the environment was a, cru- a crucial point, and using um, trying to reproduce a, a real architecture is part of that. Is you should start to design building that doesn't exist or. Are completely funny. Then you are starting to do medieval. You are doing, uh, um, I don't know, dwarves and uh, dragons <laughs> and things like that. And then suddenly you you don't have any um, ways to uh, um, um, to understand your environment and your role of everything because you don't, you're not a, you yeah you don't have the background. So um, yeah, I've been uh, using this real- realism I would say uh kind of realism was super important for us to express that to to show the best place the best authentic place where our character can evolve
0: yeah, and something I read as well in conjunction with the kind of look of the game, but something curious that popped out at me was that the game's visual mood was inspired by the paintings of masters like Vermeer um, and people like that, that that the idea was to have people look at the game and see um, a a picture with the kind of tone of one of those paintings and then for it to kind of evoke the same sort of feeling. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, because there are kind of uh, nostalgia in that uh, and also it's part of their... um mind representation of the middle age you know because they've seen those classical painting and then when you have this, touch, this um this um, work on the lighting on the on the uh, on the fog and everything that you can see on classical painting um suddenly it feels more uh, historical because you've seen those things and it's part of your yourself it's part of your mind it's part of 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 common knowledge that we share as humans
0: It is certainly gorgeous, stunning. So at what point, because as I understand it, no one had talked about a sequel yet. This wasn't part of the plan. There wasn't a sequel planned as you were making the game. You got to release and it was just one game as far as you were concerned. Firstly, is that correct?
1: Yeah, 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 it's totally correct. You know, since we are failing doing our game, <laughs> um, nobody w- was thinking that maybe we would do a second one.
0: So, at what point does someone start to whisper or talk about a sequel? Who says it first? How does that happen? That's a good question.
1: I, I, I guess. I don't know who actually, uh, because something it pops sometimes. If it pops in the team like, "Let's good, let's do a second one," you know. People love it; they want more. We have things to say. We we knew that we had ideas in our mind because um, the the end of Innocence is not closed at all. Mm. We done that on purpose, saying that maybe someday we will have. We'll be lucky enough to explore what happened next, and yeah, it's really based on uh, on, on 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 player reaction. When we've seen the score, on, uh, the, satisfaction, the satisfaction score on Steam and everything, yeah, it's obvious. It was obvious for us that we we had to do a sequel. We had to showcase the next step and um do everything we had
0: in our mind. So how soon after A Plague Tale, Innocence, did you begin working on a sequel? What kind of gap was there?
1: I think we were on a, on our small cloud uh, flying for <laughs> a, a month or something like that. Like, uh, no task. No, nobody asked anything to anyone. Everyone's just just watching YouTube streamers and things about the game. And <laughs> we were quite happy like that living our dream and, um, and yes, yeah, so it was, uh, we've released on May. So yeah, after that, it was summer. So we were talking about a bit of it, but it was quite slow and we, 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 um, we, we have started to work really on it on in September or something like that.
0: So when you sit down, when the team sits down, uh, the people who are going to design the game, when they sit down, what are people saying? What are the things that are coming across in that meeting that you want to fix, that you want to push? What are those conversations?
1: Um, what, I, what I asked to the team at this point was, um, I want to have all the feedbacks on the player, you know, all the negative feedback. Um, what is the most common thing that they are saying they didn't like, they didn't want to have any more in the sequel. What
0: was that feedback? What was the thing they didn't like? Um,
1: I think the the first thing, uh, the thing that came first was uh, the uh, super uh, gameplay driven, uh, super linear limited aspect of the gameplay, you know, you have one way to uh, solve a situation. Mm. And if you don't do that, you die instantaneously. And you can die for twenty times without <laughs> understanding what what you have to do because, yeah, the game is not offering something else to to you. So it was the first thing that I we wanted to tackle, uh, say, saying that keeping the DNA of the game, keeping the uh, the pilot of the game, uh, we have to fix that and or to open our gameplay, open our situation, and it was. A game changer for us because we've we've uh, changed everything from the first one. You know, even the amicias control is not uh, straf based anymore. It's a uh, 360 camera and everything like that. So we have to we had to redo everything. So it was not. Uh, we knew that we don't want we 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 wanted to do a nice sequel, not a, a lazy one. <laughs> So this thing was the the, the first uh, the first starting point of a game design discussion and design discussion.
0: Yeah, because um, I'm sure most of the people listening to this have played um, Requiem, uh, the second game. But the levels open up a lot more. There are certainly towards the end, but even from like the middle game or even from the beginning, there are many more options uh, routes you're presented with. Kind of a big area, and then you kind of choose your way, you choose your way through it. So. I wondered a bit about the story in the second game. So your the story of the first game, actually, just to rewind quickly a little bit, at what point do you decide that Hugo is going to be able to control the rats way back when? Day one. Day one. Okay.
1: Like uh,
0: when we, we...
1: It was like uh, part of the concept uh, day one. Like when we knew that uh, um, uh, we had this girl and the child and she needed to protect him, he will, he will have uh, powers. We okay. knew what, but he had powers.
0: <laughs> so when you come to the second game, you said you left the story open, but did you ever worry that you had to somehow. Because you hadn't planned a sequel, as it were, did you ever worry that it was going to be a case of going. Okay. Oh no, the kids are being attacked again. Oh no, there are more rats again. Did you ever worry about kind of repeating yourself? I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it. it honestly, it was super hard to write a story and trying to avoid repetition, trying to avoid to show same places, same feelings, same bits, same everything. It, it was like a, a pain for 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 many months trying to find the perfect balance between also what people love, because people love that and love that in the first one. So um, you need to offer some kind of uh, same thing, but different enough that uh, you don't see the repetition, but still you you are in uh, known places because it's something that you love. It's, it's super hard to find the balance between those two things.
0: And at what point, and I'm just going to flag this, spoilers, Um, are coming so maybe cover your ears for the next five minutes or something if you hadn't finished the second game i mean this by the way spoilers coming so at what point do you decide what's going to happen at the end of the game because i think it's quite brave right I, i wasn't sure if you were going to do it i thought maybe you might leave the door open for another game which which maybe it is but we'll come to that in a second but I wasn't sure if you were going to go there. So at what point do you decide we're going to do this? And how difficult is this decision? Because you've lived with these characters a lot longer than we have to decide that you're going to, I can't, can't bring myself to say it, but to decide that you're going to kill Hugo in a, when did this happen? And B, how did you decide that you were going to do it? Because that's really important, obviously in the game as well, but. Uh, it has
1: been decided when we were writing Innocence. Wow. Uh, because we've, uh, um, we, we, we wrote all the background, uh, around the macula and the rats and everything, all the, and what, uh, the purpose of of a protector, everything was written down and uh, every uh, threshold they need to cross was there. And we knew that, um, there's two way uh, it can end up uh, for Tiny Hugo is one he decide uh, the apocalypse and then he will live through the rats through this desolation of uh, killing people or he will die. Uh, of course, <laughs> since we are based on historical historical fact, we knew that the apocalypse didn't happen, <laughs> um, and we asked and. Yeah, it was it was there uh, since innocence and we knew that we, if we um, for the sequel that we wanted to go that far to, to reach this uh, final line, not do a third, to a third one because it was like stretching the, the, the story for bad reason. Uh, and um, it was super hard because of course we loved this character, uh, Hugo is our tiny brothers. Uh, and our, our child, and uh, we love him. We deeply love him, and um, this is why he the best candidate, also, <laughs> <laughs> because it was like for the for three years I had people coming at my desk and say, "Are you sure we're going to kill them? You want to do that? Maybe we can do something else. Maybe we can kill Amicia. Maybe we can kill <laughs> no one." <laughs> Uh, and I uh, was like, no, it's not a bargain we don't, we, we don't exchange Amicia to Hugo it's, uh, Hugo is supposed to die, he will die so, he's going to go that this direction
0: and did you know then how he was going to die because it's very I don't know what the word is, maybe poignant uh, but it's very appropriate maybe that the sling that is so foundational to Amicia this to the series, to everything you do in it should be the thing and her killing someone with a sling, which is something that a story that kind of grows throughout the, both of the games that she should kill her brother, who she's been trying to protect with this sling, is a very, it's a circle, a horrible circle. <laughs> um, did you know that?
1: No, no. Um, no, no, no. Uh, we've we've done thousands of versions of uh, uh, this final chapter and the way she will approach him and the way he will die. Uh, it was always dying. He was always dying, but still, uh, the, the way was not uh, defined until um, until it became obvious for us that she had to do it. Because everything we were thinking about was not uh um was n- not a conclusion, you know. Uh it if he dies by himself, then suddenly you've done nothing and nothing is complete and and you're just watching it. And we don't want the player to be spectator of this seconds, we wanted him to be um uh into it to be uh, active and uh, it was the best way to do that and this thing was quite obvious in this case because yeah as you said it's it's um, amicia's toys initially given by your dad uh,
0: and it's it's closing the loop exactly so I wondered so you've had this idea in your head but the two actors and your team obviously aren't you know some of them are trying to change this thing from happening but the two actors you have um playing the children uh logan um who plays hugo um and then charlotte mcburney who plays a and who's uh, logan's performance is 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 nice but um I, i think it's for me it's charlotte mcburney a wonderful wonderful performance um, and I hope she's recognized for it. I wrote this in the review and I believe it. Um, but what happens when Logan comes in to the recording studio? Logan Logan hannon that's his surname, I think. What happens when he comes into the recording studio or when you send him the script and you have to tell him Hugo is going to die? Does he have a reaction to that?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was funny for him. <laughs> it, it's so cool. uh, but he, he he was in the booth recording the those final lines when he told himself that he loved her and uh, that he's been happy with her and everything and uh and then the um, the take was good and uh, the mic cut off, and he was laughing and he said what happened he said my my mom is watching me, she's crying <laughs> and it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's 10 now 10 or 11 something like that so he's yeah
0: it's it was funny for him and how did charlotte mcburney react <laughs> uh
1: to, to, totally opposite way she was destroyed like she was in pieces um um no, not enough tissue in the booth uh, she was there yeah, yeah she was yeah she, she was brilliant because she was so authentic in the way uh, she was expressing our feelings and it was truly her and I would not uh, thank her enough for that um, and we exchanged some messages. But um, she was, she has really carried our story, you know, she has changed uh, uh, the way we wrote Amicia because she was able to do everything. So uh, it's why I tell her, I, tell, I told her about Requiem is, we, we were able to push the limits in every direction because we knew that we were you were able to do it and uh, to, to convey the right feeling the right emotion with the right authenticity every time and and it's super easy to work with her and and yeah during this sequence she was like she was herself basically living the death or little brother and she if it's what it was not true and we are like um, doing that uh, online because uh, it, it was complicated to move in the, in the UK at this period. But we were with Coté uh, uh, and Seb, the two writers, uh, listening and giving feedback. And, and everyone was like silent, no sound at all. The, even the, uh, the voice director outside was not speaking at all. It's like, there's nothing to say. <laughs>
0: We are just crying together, and we we'll wait a minute for it, for it to pass. Ah, oh, that's a lovely, but you know, a very lovely moment. Um, did you, uh, as development stretches on, um, a few questions, I guess. Was there anything you had to kind of significantly or change or remove this time around? How how was development in that regard? Um,
1: except the final chapter. That was super uh, stressful for us because we wanted to be it to be right, so we've we've restarted it plenty of times. Too long, <laughs> uh, maybe um, everything else was quite on the rail this time, uh, quite there since the beginning. So no no big changes, no big change, no big things that happened, no funny story or sad story, like <laughs> in, in a sense. We are better doing it, uh, so, uh, yeah, no, it was far better and, and yeah, except the final chapter, but it was a, a normal uh, cycle of iteration needed for this kind of uh, impactful sequences, but no.
0: Did you feel any added pressure from the kind of established expectation this time around, because the first time around, no one knew What a playtale was no one was expecting anything but the second time around people had expectations and the more i speak to people the more i understand that expectations obviously drive kind of popularity but they can be a hard thing to live up to too did you feel that
1: yeah yeah clearly like i was saying in the first one nobody was expecting us so if if we had failed then it was just for us but um here we knew that we have uh millions of players that have played the first one and maybe love it. Um, And we don't want to disappoint them. You know, they are our few. We are doing the sequel because and thanks to them. uh, We don't want to disappoint them. So it was, yeah, a big pressure thing. And uh, it, it drove like tons of conversation with the team, saying that, you know, what player will think about that or what they want on what they believe about these things. So we need to, do, to talk about that, to do that, to show something new because we don't want to have repetition. And we want to offer a new, fresh experience. Um, even for the setting, you know, uh, Lacuna is, 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 is here for that. It's a, um, a completely fresh new settings, new setup for the, the lessons and something that we haven't done in the first one. The boat and everything like that was was crazy for us but it was all for the players to give them a fresh new experience that they can enjoy and um the the sequel that they deserve
0: yeah i loved uh lacuna uh for what it's worth i think one of my my favorite moments incidentally i love that you killed Hugo, that sounds horrible, but um, for a while the game is geared towards finding a cure, of course, um, and I wasn't sure how I felt about that, Um, but I'm glad it was, as we would call it, a red herring, in a sense. Um, And and one of my favorite moments in the game, kind of connected to this, but it's on Lacuna where they're exploring the sort of palace, and they go through to that room where uh, the boy was living um, or the child was living before with his protector, that kind of sort of uh, cordoned off area, that house. Um, and Amicia realizes that she's she's the protector. That was the first one. And then the second one was down below. Um, I think when they had, in the rat kind of area where they had broken through into that temple. And then she found the bodies around The protector where the protector had fought through i think that specific moment um and you know the end was obviously powerful as well but that specific moment was i thought really powerful just the way it was kind of delivered i think just some wonderful wonderful moments between them i really liked uh that relationship uh between both of them so thank you um as release comes around this time um uh, are you all gathered around computers again? What's the what's that period like this time? Because presumably it's different. More expectation, maybe p- more people are, are caring. Uh, uh, more expectation from your side as well about what you think the game's going to do. What happened this time?
1: <laughs> so since we have moved, uh, we have uh, better places to to do that to be together now <laughs> instead of around desk um so um uh, we, the embargo was on six in the afternoon uh, the day before the release and we all uh, we've been to the to the uh, uh, to the big uh, room that we have here at Asobu to be all together like the wall studio was there um I was I had a pc there with a, a video projector and we were just waiting for the the embargo list um and uh, was pressing 5 5 5 on every platform every website and everything and we we've read the reviews and it's uh, don't do that never do that uh, when you release a game because um the 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 score are uh, changing uh, like From second to second, you know, at some point you are at seventy because you have someone that didn't like him, didn't like the game. Second after you are at uh, you are eighty-eight because you have a lot of good review that comes in. So don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, Just wait five ten minutes to do it. (laughs) Super hard, but
0: it's better because the team was like, oh 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 oh. (laughs) Yeah, because there was some. There was some stuff about, the, I think, the technical performance of the game, which, in fact, you've just patched uh, recently, I think, and you've um, improved significantly. But, yeah, that must have been frustrating because I suppose you don't want people, you know, that to become the conversation. I, I, how, how was that?
1: Yeah, frustrating is the best word because when you have done a game and people seems to like it, seems to, uh, to like the story, what you have to offer, and you fail for technical reason, it's the worst thing. You know? mm. It's like uh, uh, falling on a, on the last step of a, of a race, like <laughs> there's no reason to fall at this point. And, and we have never failed on this topic. We, we are able to do. Like super demanding uh, flight simulator in uh, in uh, in, the, in, the, in the best way possible, and we fail for bad reason and um, or fail. We yeah we, we had bad critics or bad things bad bad words for bad re- for for legitimate reason but bad ones. It was like disappointing to see um oh, we we and. Yeah, I don't know if we were naive or or, or uh, too much in the excita- excitation of the release, but we haven't seen it actually. We've played the main game on PS Five uh, here at the office together and everything, and doing our review and everything, and we haven't seen the the performance issue. I mm. I don't know why. I can explain. I can't explain it. Uh, but we fight back. <laughs> We fixed that on on, on PS5, and uh, we've improved a lot on PC. And it's there. It's too late for the review. It's too late for the score. It's too late for that. And it, it's hard because um, sometimes I think people d- don't realize the impact of the Metascore and everything like that for a studio. Uh, and it's not something that we can fix or we can change. Uh, and. It's sad because I think for some people, it uh, uh, it uh, they haven't seen the game, they just have seen this aspect of it. And, yeah. And, yeah,
0: yeah, that must have been tough. So, the game has done very well. Um, from, from where I'm looking at it, I think its exposure on Game Pass uh, really helped a wonderful thing to be able to kind of put it out to so many people. That way. So, how popular? Because I saw that um, I think it had passed a one million players uh, milestone. But how popular is Plague Tale Requiem been kind of now, and and how popular is that versus a Plague Tale Innocence? Um, kind of, what's the difference, and and how's it doing now?
1: I think it took us uh, six months to have one million player on uh, Innocence. Wow. Here it was two weeks for Requiem. <laughs> It's quite better. <laughs> uh, and it's what we want as developers, you know. You want the, the, the player to be able to play your game. And the Game Pass was a great opportunity for that because it shows the game to many people. And even people that were not maybe interested by the game or don't want to buy it will. See it on Game Pass and try it and maybe love it and finish it and give us good feedback, <laughs> <and> good commentary <laughs> or bad ones, but anyway they will have uh, played it, uh, and it's the it's we are doing games for that you know uh, to have players playing it, so yeah we were we we the game is is uh, yeah we have a lot of players and it's nice. There was, it was quite a concurrential time, also, time period. You know, you have God of War that has been released mm. there. It's like, a total eclipse for everything else. Uh, and before that, it was Call of Duty and the annual Call of Duty, the annual FIFA, and that are taking all the space. Uh, so it's hard to, to exist in this, in around a Christmas, of course. But still, we we have found 1 million players, so we are super happy about that.
0: At what point do you start talking about a Plague Tale 3? Uh,
1: Never. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, We've talked about uh, what happened next, of course. This is why you have this tiny scene at the end just to say that uh, it's a never-ending never cycle uh, for us. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if the team is ready. I don't know if uh, we have a, a good thing to say right now. I think we are quite uh, a bit tired <laughs> of, uh, uh, of the rats and 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 this kind of story and this kind of mood also. Um, so I don't know what will come next, actually, and I'm not doing some uh, some uh, lies there. I'm just being honest. Uh, the team is just still uh, in the uh, in the enjoyment of the release, and they are doing some research on the technical thing that to improve our engine, to improve our tech, working on performances uh, even more uh, to see uh, if we can uh, push it even further, and we are discussing, just discussing.
0: Yeah, because uh, the door is left slightly open. I like the epilogue sequence. I like Amicia's new look, um, which she could obviously go and take on into a different game. But of course, were the series to continue, presumably, I mean, it has to be quite different. Uh, one of the main characters is, is missing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know what, what would be next for Amicia, if, if there's something for Amicia. Still, she ha- she has a quest. She has something in her mind and she wants to to prepare for the next one. Even if she, she didn't know how long it will take, probably centuries, so she she will have to leave uh, really uh, marking things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Phew yes for of course it will if 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 we go in this direction it will change the game and the dna of the thing because it will be a uh alone against i don't know what and protecting i don't know what and prepping virtual stuff so it's yeah for for us it's hard to figure out right now yeah. but and it's not it's not in the pipe
0: yeah <laughs> i suppose The exciting thing, though, um, now versus where you were in 2015 or 14 or whenever this idea first began, is that now Asobo has proven what it can do. It's proven that it can make uh, narrative-driven kind of action adventure games. And I hope, I don't know, but I hope this is not going to stop.
1: No, no. I'm doing everything to make it not stop every day you know it's it's like um, it was super important to be successful on Requiem just to prove that we were not just lucky but people here are able to uh, release good experiences good games Um, and we've done that so it gave us a bit of well, a bit proud still. It's not a, an ego fight, but still, we, we've done we've done two games that have been liked by people. So we we want to we want to continue that. We want to be better, to show more stuff, to challenge ourselves. Also, you know, pushing the limits even further, pushing pushing the tech even, even further. Uh, people enjoy a requiem for this graphical. Uh, excellence i would say and i'm not shy of this world because i think the team there on graphical standpoint is outstanding and uh but still we have many ways to improve we have many things to showcase uh, again and uh, we want to continue on to that
0: yeah and i understand you're expanding as a studio obviously you also have microsoft flight simulator that the studio is working on which has done seems to have done phenomenally well uh as well yeah. so it's all the chart must look like this for you everything yeah. is is growing and you're expanding is that what's happening
1: yeah yeah. you know it's to um to really separate team even if we are in the stem studio and sharing all the events together and, uh, and like each other's it's, <laughs> uh, it's like uh They are a huge, really huge team uh, working with lots of other studios and other uh, outsourcers and things like that. Uh, Us, we are still the tiny artisanal uh, game maker. Uh, We are big now because we are seventy in the team around Plague, and it's big for uh, an independent studio, but we want to maintain this uh, family cocoon that we have and uh, being all together and... So I think we will grow up for the next one, but I want to really to maintain the spirit and the family thing because if we want to be impactful on emotion, we we need to be all in the same boat. I don't know if it's a good expression in English, but all doing the same work. And when you grow up, and when you have two hundred people, it starts to be difficult to have the same vision and to make it happen every day.
0: Yeah, I think it's an incredible achievement. Um, You know, 70 people, 40 people for the first game. Incredible achievement. Incredible what you um, managed to create with that. But uh, Kevin, I look forward to the future and seeing what you come up with uh, next. Thank you so much uh, for being here today.
1: Thank you. It it was a pleasure.
0: Um, To everyone listening, I'm Bertie. This was One to One. Join us in a couple of weeks for the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you.